Awesome. Hello, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for everyone for being here. It's going to be a super great um, night. It has been already, uh, but we're going to jump right on into the word for tonight. Um, you know, last week we uh, kicked off our series for season two, for term two, um, and it's called Freedom. Now, where maybe in our lives, um, where sin, maybe the lies of the enemy, the power of the world can all have a corrosive effect on our emotions, on our relationships with each other, on our relationship with God, um, with Jesus, Jesus has come that we might be able to navigate and step out of those corrosive effects with him. And so we have freedom. Tonight, we're um, particularly going to look at emotional freedom. And specifically when it comes to times and moments in our life of feeling stress and overwhelm. The question that we're going to look at tonight is what do I do when I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed? Um, now, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward question, um, but it represents some pretty complex feelings and situations that we might experience in our lives. Do you remember the last time that you felt overwhelmed? Do you remember the last time that you felt stressed out? It, you know, it might have been a sense of overwhelming fear. It might have been overwhelming sadness, grief. It might have been before you came tonight, you were getting ready and there was nothing in your cupboard that fit you. Maybe it was on Friday at work where the expectations that were being placed on you was more than your two hands could handle. There are, overwhelm can look like many different emotions at many different times, caused by many different things. And that's really the complexity of it. You know, as you think about that moment of overwhelm or stress, do you remember what your response was to it? Often those moments can cause us to respond to the people around us in ways that we don't like. We can make decisions that could have been more considered or thought out, or we respond by disappearing or using any number of habits to distract us. Complex emotions cause complex responses. We often then feel really terrible amounts of guilt and shame and frustration at our responses and do everything that we can to change them. But then this complex emotion erupts from within us again. Our response is the same, and it's a cycle that just keeps going around and around and around. And if we're talking about freedom, it's this cycle that can have us feeling trapped like we're on a hamster wheel. What do I do when I feel stressed and overwhelmed? We're going to talk about that, but we're going to pray first. So, Lord, Lord, I, I thank you that you know the deepest parts of what's going on inside of us. You know what causes it. You know what relieves it. You know what our habits are. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate those things for us, that you would help us to walk with you to figure all of this out, that we might step off that hamster wheel and into the freedom that you have for us. Amen. Now, I am all about recommending great resources, great books. And so I'm going to recommend a couple right now. Um, 
these books, they talk about emotional health from a Christian perspective. And uh, really a lot of tonight's message comes out of these books. So um, the first book, many of you might know, it's called um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Segazzaro. Um, the second book I've just finished reading myself, I really would recommend this one as well. It's called Untangling Emotions by Alastair Groves and Winston Smith. If you, if you want to grow in your emotional health, if you want to um, grow in your emotional maturity, then I really would recommend these books. They've been very helpful for me. Um, and before we go any further, we're going to be talking tonight about fear, anxiety, sadness, and, and many other emotions that can have us feeling overwhelmed in our day-to-day lives. Um, There might be some in the room who suffer with anxiety and depression and other mental illness that really does affect your day-to-day functioning. And um, what I'm not going to talk about tonight is the role of seeing a psychologist, psychiatrist, taking medication and that kind of thing. But please don't mistake my not talking about that as a comment on how I value that. There is no shame in having help and guidance from these sources in your life. And so if this, if mental illness is a part of your life, then please pursue these things if they're helpful for you. Um, Now, there are plenty of moments in the Bible where we find people who are stressed and overwhelmed. Uh, We're going to look at a few of them tonight, but the one we're going to keep coming back to is a personal favorite of mine. Um, This is a moment that Jesus himself is experiencing which is a crazy thing to um, understand and to think about because Jesus, who is God himself, we find him feeling overwhelmed. Like, I, like that's a crazy, a crazy thing to think about. But I love, I love this scripture so much because we see Jesus, who is fully God, but we see his full humanity in this moment. And um, yeah, so what's going on here is that um, Jesus... He knows that within the next 24 hours, he is going to be captured and betrayed by his friends. He is going to be tortured and beaten and humiliated in front of the people that he loves. And he's going to be taken to the cross and hung there to die. So we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. And it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. And so he left them and went away once more, prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. We're going to unpack what's going on here in a second, but um, our first point for tonight for talking about what we do when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed is we recognize the overwhelm. 
So in verse 38, Jesus is able to name exactly what he is feeling. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Jesus, he is overwhelmed with sadness and grief. He is able to identify what's going on inside of him and name it. And I think that that is just such a profound thing for Jesus to say. Jesus was able to clearly say, I am feeling overwhelmed with sadness and grief. Jesus is saying this to Peter, James and John, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But just for now, let's just press pause for a moment and recognize how significant it is that Jesus felt that way and that he was able to acknowledge that to himself, um, that he did feel that way. Sometimes it's hard for us to acknowledge how we feel. Um, As I was preparing this message, I was thinking about different times that I have felt overwhelmed and a big um, contributor for a sense of overwhelm that I feel in my life is my job. Um, I work as a nurse and there have been many times um, of an over, like such a sense of overwhelm um, while I've been at work um, for lots of different reasons, but one of them was particularly memorable. Um, I used to work in a nursing home and I was a baby nurse fresh out of uni. Um, It was Christmas day and um, one of the residents had dislocated their arm And so I was in the back of the ambulance going with them to hospital. And now this lady, she had dementia and she was trying to take off the the sling that that she was wearing. And I was trying to help her put it back on. And it was in that moment that she uh, swung up a nice fist and clocked me in the face. Now, it was in that moment that I felt such an overwhelming sense of despair. Because, um, I mean, not only I was very mad because the paramedic didn't do a single thing and didn't even acknowledge that it happened or ask me how I was, but I had such a sense of despair because I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I am at work on Christmas day. I am in the back of an ambulance and this old lady just punched me in the face. What am I doing with my life? Um... You know, I could very clearly tell you all of the things that I felt about that situation, but, you know, maybe it's hard sometimes to pinpoint that feeling of overwhelm uh, because it's filled with so many mixed and complex um, emotions. Um, Sometimes it's hard to acknowledge how we feel because we feel some pressure to have it all together. Um, Maybe it's a faith thing. Maybe we think that if we're feeling overwhelmed, we don't have enough faith. Or maybe someone in our lives is dealing with something difficult, so we feel that we have to be stoic on their behalf. Or maybe we've just always played that role in our lives. There are so many different factors that might make it difficult to name what's really going on inside of us. But when we notice the overwhelm creeping up on us, or even when we look back on it in retrospect, we can notice what we might have been feeling. And when we can name it, there is an element of freedom there because it li- it's like it brings order to what's going on inside of us. It, it's like it, I mean, it really names what's going on and brings clarity then. So, for example, a situation of overwhelm that we might find ourselves in. Let's say that I'm on my way out the door uh, to go to a social event that my friend has invited me to. I am 
I get out the door, I lock it up, and then I have to go back in multiple different times because I've forgotten something. I left something on. Maybe throughout the day as I've been getting ready, um, I've been kind of a little bit snappy with maybe my housemates, family, whoever is at home. It's in that moment that there's, some, there's a sense of overwhelm that I'm experiencing that's causing a response in my life. And so what is it? If I were to name it, I would say that I'm feeling nervous and maybe a little bit scared about going to this social event. So we've got a sense of overwhelm. We want to name it and then we can question it. So if we look at um, Psalm chapter 42, if uh, for me, when I'm feeling uh, a sense of overwhelm, the Psalms are so helpful because the author is often also feeling a big sense of overwhelm. It's a great uh, a refuge, I guess, to go to. But if we look at Psalm chapter 42, there's lots of big emotions going on there. The author is describing that he feels far from God. He's talking about how there's people around him who are mocking him and taunting him. And then we have verses 5 and 11, and they are exactly the same. They, uh, the author is asking himself the same question. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? With all of this that's going on in his life, he's been able to identify, I'm feeling discouraged and I'm feeling sad. And then he uses this psalm to unpack why maybe he's feeling this way and then what he's going to do about it. When we're feeling a strong sense of overwhelm, we can ask some questions of it in order to respond to it better. Why am I feeling afraid right now? Where might this anger have come from? Is this sadness new for me or have I experienced it before? How are the people around me influencing how I feel frustrated? When we're questioning the feelings of overwhelm within us, it's, it's, we're not questioning them because they're bad or they're wrong. We're just questioning them to find out what's really going on inside of us. Because this is the thing about our emotions. Our emotions are really great signposts. They tell us a lot about what's really going on inside of us. Our emotions show us what we value. That's really the key here. Our emotions show us what we value. Because the thing is, is that our emotions are often involuntary. They kind of, they can come out of us just so quickly that they may as well be involuntary. So changing our emotions can be really difficult. But if we can recognize that our emotions are pointing to some kind of value within us or some kind of violated value within us, we can begin the work of either changing that value or doing something with that information. So we'll go back to our party with a friend example. I've recognized that I'm feeling nervous and scared about going to this party. Why do I feel like that? Well, I feel like that because I only know my friend at this event. I've never been there before and I know that my friend knows a lot of people there and I'm scared that maybe they'll ditch me when we get there. So what does this feeling of nerves say about what I value? Well, it says that I value feeling safe and comfortable, especially in an unfamiliar social environment. So we've just questioned what we're feeling in a neutral way that has pointed us towards some information about what we value and then why that overwhelming feeling produced a negative response in our life. 
So we've named the feeling, we've questioned it. Now we can do something with it. You know, I think that we all have um, different habits for how we deal with a feeling of stress and overwhelm in our lives. Um, some of them are helpful. Some of them are not so helpful. You know, we might choose to ignore it. We might choose to numb it. We might take it out on the people around us, or we might go for a walk to think it out. We might talk to a friend about it. What are your habits for how you deal with uh, overwhelm? What are the helpful habits? What are the not so helpful habits? You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus telling his friends about it, and then we see him telling God about it. He says to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Or in other words, I am feeling just so overwhelmed with grief and with sadness right now about everything that's going to happen. Would you stay up with me? There is such an incredible power in sharing our overwhelm with our friends. Even if we're having trouble naming it or figuring out why we're feeling that way, sharing it can make a big feeling feel a lot more manageable. I think that Jesus understood the power of that and then modeled it for us. You know, if anyone could have managed that on his own, or even just with God, it was Jesus. But he chose to take what he was dealing with to his friends. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about spiritual things, about emotional things. And I, I just, I don't want to forget that we are um, physical, that we are uh, spiritual and emotional beings that live in physical bodies. Um, you know, our emotion, emotional health is deeply connected to our physical health. You know, I cannot tell you the amount of times that I was awake at 10 o'clock at night and the situation or the problem just felt so big. I went to sleep woke up in the morning and it just felt smaller. It just felt more manageable. You know, I am um, one of the most important things that we can do for our emotional health is sleep well. As well as eat well, as well as get sunshine and exercise, you know, maybe a walk in the sunshine is a great space for us to do the recognizing and the questioning of our inner world. So, Back to our party with a friend example. I've recognized that I'm feeling nervous and scared about going to this event, which has produced a response in my life. This overwhelm has shown me that I feel like this because I value feeling safe and comfortable in a new social setting. So what do I do about it? Some unhelpful habits here might be to bail at the last minute, might be to spend the two hours beforehand scrolling Instagram because I'm procrastinating getting ready, um, it might be to have a few drinks when I get there so I feel more confident. Or some helpful habits might be to go for a walk, to go for a swim that morning to clear my mind and to get a bit of perspective. Or maybe when I get there, I could say to my friend, hey, you know, I'm feeling pretty nervous and scared about coming because um, I only know you here. Can you introduce me to some people when we get there and maybe stay with me for a little while? So what do we do when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed? We want to recognize that overwhelm by naming it. We want to question that feeling and we want to do something with it. You might have noticed that so far, except for our scriptures, I haven't really talked about God very much. Um, and that's probably a big flaw of this message so far. Um, but 
the reason I've done that is because we're going to talk, we're going to spend the, the last portion of this message talking about taking all of this to God. Um, but also because processing all of this with God isn't just a step at the end, but it flows through everything that we've spoken about already so far. You know, God knows us deeply. More than we know ourselves, no emotion or response is too big or too confusing for God. None of it is more than he can handle. You know, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide us in the truth. So it's him who helps us understand what's going on in our inner world. And so with that, we'll move on to our second point tonight. What do we do when we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed? We take it to God. So back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus names what's going on inside of of him. He tells his friends about it and then he takes it to God. So back to Matthew um, 26, you know, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to feel sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then he does this two more times. Jesus takes his overwhelm to God the Father. You know, the thing about our biggest and most complex feelings, but also our smallest irks, is that they point us towards what we value, but they are also tools for connection, both with each other, but first with God. Our stress and overwhelm has to drive us toward God. We can do anything else, good or bad, with that experience, but without taking it to God, it will become destructive in one way or another. You know, I love so much this quote from the second book we spoke about earlier from Untangling Emotions. It says, The earnest tears of Gethsemane are the signature proof that our emotions, no matter how dark, are to be a door braced open between our innermost hearts and our Father's throne room. The earnest tears of Gethsemane are the signature proof that our emotions, no matter how dark, are to be a door braced open between our innermost hearts and our Father's throne room. You know, it's my prayer is that when our lives have found its way to Gethsemane, that when the overwhelm has us fallen on our knees, that we would let our tears be heard by him. You know, our biggest and smallest emotions of overwhelm are tools that drive us towards God. You know, I love this scripture in um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. It says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and he will find grace to help us and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can come to God in our distress because he is wise and because he loves. You know, when we have big feelings swirling around in our minds, it can be hard to make sense of it. It can be hard to know what's right or wrong, what's the truth and what's a lie, but the Holy Spirit is the best person to take it to because he is wise. You know, I love so much this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It's from a sermon that he preached way back in 1855. He says, but oh, how wise the Holy Spirit is. He takes the soul 
lays it on the table and dissects it in a moment. He finds out the root of the matter, he sees where the complaint is, and then he applies the knife where something is required to be taken away or puts a plaster where the sore is and he never mistakes. Oh, how wise is the blessed Holy Ghost. From every comforter I turn and leave them all, for thou art he alone who gives the wisest consolation. You, know, you can look for wisdom and guidance in a lot of different places. You can follow someone else's example. You can do your research. You could read your star sign. But nowhere can you go for wisdom where the person truly knows you as you are, truly knows where you've been, truly knows where you're heading. Nowhere can you go to find someone who is willing to name your mistake but extend you the grace to try again and again and again. Nowhere can you find someone with all understanding, with all power, with all ability, and yet is willing to stay close through all of it, except for in the spirit of Jesus. We are believing a lie when we don't take our overwhelm to Jesus. There are things that we need to do with our overwhelm, which we've spoken about already. But if we don't do all of that with Jesus, we will stay on that hamster wheel of frustration, trying to change things that can only be changed by the wisdom of God. We take our overwhelm to God because he is wise and because he loves you know, another quote from the same message from Spurgeon, he used Old English, but I've changed it a little bit. He says, and is not the Holy Ghost a loving comforter? Do you know, O saint, how much the Holy Spirit loves you? Can you measure the love of the Spirit? Do you know how great is the affection of his soul towards you? Go measure heaven with the span. Go weigh the mountains in the scales. Go take the ocean's water and tell each drop. Go count the sand upon the sea's wide shore. And when you have accomplished this, you can tell how much he loves you. He has loved you long. He has loved you well. He has loved you ever and still shall love you. Surely he is the person to comfort you because he loves. Admit him then to your heart, O Christian that he may comfort you in your distress. I don't think that I need to say much more than that. When you find yourself in the Garden of Gethsemane, recognize your overwhelm by naming it, by questioning it, by doing something with it, but do all of that by taking it to God. Why? Because he is wise and because he loves. If we can close our eyes for a moment. Now, everything that um, we've spoken about already tonight comes through having um, a relationship with Jesus, a personal one, a personal relationship with Jesus. And so I'd love to give um, every person the opportunity here who doesn't have that already to say yes to Jesus. Um. You know, this is important. We, we, need, um, to, we need this relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus, he, um, we were disconnected from God. You know, we didn't always, or humanity didn't always have this relationship and connection with him. But Jesus, you know, we love him and we worship him because he paid the price for that disconnection. 
You know, in that day when we decided that we didn't need God, in that day when we decided that the way of Jesus was not the way that we wanted, we were separated from God. But Jesus, even while we were in that moment, he said, yeah, I'll pay the price for that. I'll restore that connection for anyone who wants it. And so right now, this is your opportunity to say, yeah, I want that. You know, Jesus is the greatest gift that, um, that we've been given because he knows us deeply. He loves us well, but it's just up to us whether we'll say yes. And so if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is your opportunity to say yes. And I'd love it if you did want to say yes, that you'd raise your hand because we just want to help you along. We just want to help you along this journey. We don't want you to have to figure it out by yourself, but would you say yes to Jesus? He loves you well. He paid the price for that disconnection. Would you come back to him? You know, maybe you, um, maybe you once knew Jesus or, and you know, life kind of happened and you, you turned away, you know, Jesus, he, um, he's standing with open arms, ready to welcome you home. Would you say yes to him again? Would you raise your hand if you want to say yes to Jesus? We're going we're gonna to pray right now for anyone who's deciding um, to follow Jesus now, whether someone put up their hand or whether they didn't. So I'm going to pray and I'd love it if you'd pray after me. So dear Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid for dying on the cross so that I could know the Father again. Lord, my life is yours from this day forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'd love it if we could all stand right now. Um, you know, we've spoken about how we um, can deal with moments of stress and overwhelm in our lives. And, you know, maybe there's a moment that you're thinking of something that you're dealing with right now that is just feeling really big. Or, you know, maybe there's something that has happened that there was a response that came out of you that you didn't love. This is a moment to put into practice what we just spoke about, to take it to God. Um, the worship team is going to sing through with us and you can join them if you like, but this is an opportunity for us to, um, uh, to take, to take these big feelings to God or even the smallest things to take it to God. So yeah, let's sing. Let's, let's go through that now. Before me come in my life, dog, though I'm going to like Man up rhymes of Norwegian and the boundary phone in case doors tired walk. But let all they take the plate. Beauty calls, they call singers. No possible devil walking the small to bring it. Where it's flowered the valley. But big to big a firefight. But our eyes and journals creak into words. I too sad. And fall like hands. It will wipe out stuff. The podcast. Orada rekorda da iki yerde şiddet iki yerde
Lord, um, I thank you that we are here and we are yours. I thank you that you are close. I thank you that you are near. And that's the greatest promise that we could ever know. Lord, um, for these uh, senses of overwhelm and stress that we experience in our lives, God, we thank you that uh, you guide us in the truth of that Holy Spirit. You know, these things are so complex that, that we can deal with in our lives. And, and we just ask that, that you would shine your light, God, on these key things that we're going through. God, so that we might understand what's going on inside of us, that so we might understand why we're responding the way that we are, and that we might um, walk with you out of that, Father, that, Lord, that you would bring peace and, and joy, Father, that, um, that we would be able to have responses to big things in our lives that glorify you, Lord, that honor you, Father, that, that as you fill us, Holy Spirit, that, that your goodness and who you are are just overflowing out of us, God. Jesus, we're asking, would you bring clarity, God? Would you bring understanding, Jesus? And would you help us, God, in the moments and the areas that we need freedom in these things, God? Would you, would you, would you help us with that, Holy Spirit? God, we're so thankful that you are wise. We're so thankful that you love us well. God, and we just want to walk with you. We just want to walk with you, Holy Spirit. Would you pour out your spirit on us as we go? Help us to follow you, God. Make us new, God. Bring the dead things in us to life, God. God, we praise you and we honor you and we glorify you for everything that you are, Lord God. God, we're so thankful for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.